Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast live from Hope Tower. You got Massey, you got this beautiful gem right next to me, Carrie Sup? Campos. Self-Evident Podcast. <laughs> Should have had a whole, a whole sound. That was awesome. That. that was like, that was, come on, people. y'all. So like, begin, share the video, guys, like. This issue is near and dear to my heart, your heart, yep. definitely, because a lot of our friends, um, and if you haven't watched this this uh, documentary yet, you should, um, and, and we'll give you some reasons why, and just our take on it, right? There's a, there's a whole lot of hurt that was there, and I'm so grateful they got to tell their story, and uh, so you guys want to be a part of this, go to theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com, you guys can be a part of what we're doing, uh, getting on our blogs, all of our all of our postings, if you sign up on our email list, uh, you guys can be a part of like what we're doing nationally and what we're doing locally. Um, there's a whole lot of new things coming uh, that we can't really talk about just yet, but we're just about to talk about release. Um, also, too, our curriculums are out. Uh, those you want to be a part of as well. Start learning the stuff. Learn yeah, something. Yeah, like do the thing, the diligence, and then go share the thing that you did diligence for. Yes, what he what he said. <laughs> so, guys, guess okay. Go ahead. We still got the thing, the the matching grant. Yeah. We got a couple of fifteen hundred left. I don't know what it yeah. is. We got a little bit more. Be a part of that. Go on to theselfevidenttruth.com. Hit that button. Donate. Help or pay sign for, up for monthly. Help pay for my uh for my tires, and uh. <laughs> 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 Anyways, all right, guys. Thanks for joining in. Wherever you're at, comment where you're from. Comment below, share the stuff. Let's get into it. Right now, we're going to get into some news bits. Mikey's not here right now. He decided to take a break because laziness, right? Wow. <laughs> it just sets it. I'm Ouch. kidding. No, no, no. It's because Carrie's on the show. Mikey's got a well-deserved break coming up, uh, yeah. coming on right now. So, guys, we're going to get into news bits real fast. And let's start with the first one. Trump got indicted again. Shocking. Again. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so frustrated with these stupid things, uh, about the indictments, but it happened as well as pretty much expected the whole box of uh, boxes of classified documents that Trump had been, uh, and had, that have been against him were enough to indict him. And last month he was indicted for falsifying business expenses to conceal hush money payments. Now we're waiting expectantly for the indictment of president Biden, who had boxes of classified documents in his Corvette and several other places. All the presidents take classified documents. Hillary Clinton did it. She wasn't even president. Every president has classified documents. That's just, that's the norm. That's what they do. Matter of fact, if you're a president and you leave, you can actually still get briefings from the FBI, CIA, all that stuff. But this, of course, happens as the same day that evidence emerges that Biden took a $5 million bribe to alter U.S. foreign policy while he was the VP. I was reading these news bits and I just think we should wrap it up with this. Trump be crazy. Biden be crazy. We all be crazy. Word. Everybody. The world be crazy. News bits over. Although there is a good one here at the end, but you can fin finish with Biden be crazy. No, I'm not doing that one. Oh. Biden's crazy. <laughs> but here, we're going to go to another one. Parents are stepping up. Finally, parents are stepping up. Actually, they've always been stepping up. I don't want to give that credit yeah. that, that where it's not there. But parents have always done well. Hey, Shalom. Johnny, what's going on, baby? And others who are tuning in right now. Thank you. Uh, so 
Listen to this. In Maryland, Muslim and Christian parents showed up to protest certain books in their children's library. They chanted, not your children. And it was a really cool video, actually. They're all yeah. there, and they're all in their garbs and the, the thing, and the Christians are out there with their signs and their Jesus music, and they're like, hey, you know, not, not our kids. I'm sorry, not your children. And the video seems to show that a majority were Muslim. And outside Glendale Unified School District's headquarters, parents from the Armenian and Hispanic communities were blasting the board members for LGBTQ agenda to young children. And clashes began, and three people were arrested as the parents confronted leftist protesters in masks and pink bandanas. And I'm going to say this, if I, you know, I have a feeling that those leftists didn't stand a chance against a bunch of Armenian and Hispanic men. Just saying. <laughs> so there's that. Come at me, bro. Or <clears throat> come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. News bits over. So let's get into the documentary. Let's do it. This is why we wanted to do this. We we wanted to make known that there are so many things uh uh out there in the world that are corrupt. We we can see that. Does anybody make make sense of what's going on out there? There's so many corrupt things and we preached Wednesday night about Christians being involved in government and we've done this message so many times. A lady came up to us and she was so kind and she was awesome. And she says to us, "Guys, share the video please. Those, those of you who are on, it just takes a second to share it." Just share the video, get it out to your friends. We want this to get out there because we want to bring some hope and healing to people, okay? So share the video, please. And so this lady approached us and said, you know, we need to really talk about sex trafficking. Can we talk about sex trafficking? I said, no, I think you can talk about sex trafficking. I think that's important. We have our fight to fight, and we're only, we can only do so much in our fight, our realm, right, to change mm -hmm. it from the governmental perspective. But there are people who are church hurt. There's ministries out there for church hurt. There are ministries out there for ex-prostitutes and mm -hmm. Porn, porn industries. There's there's ministries out there for, uh, uh, you know, rehab from 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 sexual abuse and all these other things, right? And there's ministries out there to 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 do inner healing. And so today we're going to talk about this Duggar family documentary. If you can post that picture, shiny happy people. If you guys know that song, I will sing it. <laughs> Please. Go ahead. Please shiny do. happy people everywhere. <laughs> So that documentary, I was leery to watch it. I, Same. I, the reason was because we had been, we have our story. Mm -hmm. And if you want to just get into it for a couple minutes, just our yeah. story and why we were, I wasn't hesitant because of our story. We've been healed from a lot of things, but mm -hmm. it just, I don't like when the world twists things, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I wasn't actually going to watch it. And then um, I saw a post about it and um, I don't know, I just something and it sucked me in. I turned it on and it sucked me in. Um, and so we decided to, I was talking with one of our friends in Missouri and uh, she's like, I would like to hear your take on it. And for those of you who don't know, I think I don't like to label this as our qualifications on why we're doing this, but we do have some qualifications as experience in that we were in a cult, a check all the boxes, hit every requirement of a cult. We were in a cult like that for 12 years. And so we experienced so when you're watching this, we experienced a lot of the same things that they did. Not yes. everything was the same. Some of it wasn't as bad. Some of what we experienced was worse. And so that there is, you know, that we when we're watching it, we can relate. We can. That's relate. all we're saying. And then the other thing is we homeschool. We homeschool our kids. We're involved in a huge homeschool community in our church. We speak at homeschool conventions. A lot of our friends around the country homeschool. We also are involved 
heavily in a church. Massey is an assistant pastor at a church. So when we talk about we're watching this and we have some qualifications to speak to this documentary, we just wanted to relay that in that we have experience and we know what they're dealing with or we know right, what they right. walk through. And so I think when I was watching it, my first reaction from all of it was, I am so glad that this documentary was made. It's for real. And I have some negative. It's such a delicate topic. Okay. So we wanted to be hard. very cautious on how we say it, what we bring up, but I have some negative thoughts, but my first thought was, I'm glad this documentary Same. was made. And the reason is, is because these people, and we're not just talking about a handful of people, although there was only a handful of people on the documentary sharing their stories. If you go and watch any of his, any of the IBLP, which that, okay, so let me back up and say, this documentary was Get about him. the Duggar family, but it was also really about Bill Gothard. And he started Institute of Basic Learning Principles, Bill which Gothard, they called IBLP. This is Bill Gothard. He started Handsome a fella. <laughs> he started a ministry and he would travel around and speak. So we're not just talking about a, a handful of people, 30 or 40 people that were affected by this ministry. We're talking about thousands of people who took on his teachings, took on his homeschooling curriculum, implemented in their families, you know, in their friends yes. groups. And so we're talking about thousands of people that were affected by this, by his teachings. And so why I liked the documentary is that these people got to share their stories and have a voice. And if you know anything about cults and our experience in leaving a cult, there is a mind game. <laughs> there is a mind game that goes on when you leave a cult and even when you're in a cult that you can't speak against the leader. You can't speak against this person. And even in this documentary, they said that they were taught and they believed that Bill Gothard was next to God. Like he heard from God, his words were next to God. And there is that mind game. When you leave a cult, you get caught up in that. You can't speak against it. You can't share yeah. your story. Not only that, there's this shame that comes with that you were duped for so long. And so the fact that they're willing to share their testimony to me is, to me is brave. And I just love the fact that it gave them a voice. And ultimately, I hope that it encourages the thousands of people that went through this to speak up and to share their testimony. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you said it right. You kind of went through two of the points yourself. <laughs> you were like racing through. So I'm telling you, show the picture. She's already going through. <laughs> Sorry. She's already going through the points and she didn't even say point number two, you know, because he's got the point. Sorry. I know. Anyways, so one of the reasons that we actually were appreciative of them telling their story is because we didn't feel like we had a voice when we first left. Right. Well, you know, our experience, you right. know, 12 years in, you're almost we got shamed on the way out. We were told basically we would get divorced. And if it wasn't yeah. for me, we wouldn't, you know, you would have meant you will never prosper. You'll never understand ministry. You know, you're basically apostate. That's mm -hmm. what was told yeah. to us. <clears throat> and right. I remember getting very. um, uh, What's the word? What's the proper Christian pissed? Uh, a, a lot. And, and I remember leaving and I got a, you know, just a full-time job as a welder uh, at a shop. And I remember sitting there crying in my helmet going, Lord, what the heck was that about? You know what I mean? So you felt shame number one, because as a husband, I didn't protect you, mm -hmm. you know? So there was that kind of shame. Let my kids go through all this stuff. I got shamed, you know, a lot and, and like dressed down in front of people. And it was like, 
there was so many things and I can't even imagine uh, what some of the leaders that were in that group were are going through now just thinking about that or what yeah. had they gone through. But one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this is because we went through a lot of healing. You know, we went through a lot of counseling, a lot yeah. of mentoring, a lot of inner healing issues and just really forgiving. Like we had to forgive and see it from <clears throat> from another side's perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we wanted to talk about was it was hard to talk about it too. our experience. And we understand why some of these guys, it was so hard for them to talk about it because do people look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. They didn't believe us when we would tell right. and we haven't even told anybody the full stories. Yeah. I was just going to say like we, for the most part, we just don't talk about it really or tell people what it was like because shortly after we left, we had one of our close friends say, I don't, how, how are you guys so stupid that you didn't see what was going on? It's like, well, thank you. That helps in my healing process. Like, so there's this, the, again, going back to the mind games, there's this shame that you get caught up in things like this. And so, yeah, so we don't really, we don't, we don't really share a lot of what it was really like just because of how crazy it really was. It really, it, it was, but the, 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 the other side of shame that we don't talk about, and I, and I wish we would, is like the amount of uh, bad doctrine that yeah. gets put into you. And, and if, if, if what, what you notice a lot in this documentary was there were a lot of people hurt by church figures. One of the things about this Bill Gothard guy was he didn't have a church. He mm -hmm. wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a recognized figure in the, in the, in the biblical hierarchy, apostle, prophet, mm -hmm. pastor, teacher, evangelist. You, you didn't see any of those uh, types of giftings. And so there was no mantle put on this guy, but people just followed this dude who, first off, they make a great point. He wasn't married. He didn't have kids, but also yeah. he's telling you now I don't run a church by myself, right? Pastor Todd runs it. He's, he's kind of the, he's, he's the one who started it. Right. Right. But I can biblically tell you, Hey, this is how churches properly should function, right? To the pillar in the ground mm -hmm. of truth, uh, correction, discipline, instructions. There, there, there's, uh, that we speak life into our people, Jesus, how he admonishes the bride. Like there's a way to run the church. There is a biblical way to talk about family issues, right? But there's no cookie cutter way to do family issues. When you do a cookie cutter family way of doing issues, it's a one size fits all. And dude, you can't do that. You can't. And I, just because we've experienced it, like one of the mm -hmm. problems with doing a cookie cutter type of thing, what we felt with, with Bill Gothard's teaching, I just want to get into this for a second. And if you could put up that, uh, graphic of the institute it's the one with the, the the eagle institute of basic institute basic what is it called institute in basic life principles that one iblp which fun facts i had never heard of bill i'd Gothard never heard of him either IBLP. I, i'd never heard of him either and several of our friends who went through this cult stuff had heard about him yeah, right so they yeah. knew about bill gothard and one of the things you notice a lot from preachers if they're not careful they start preaching their conscience instead of the scriptures mm -hmm. so in other words what affects them first is what they preach and then they find scriptures to back that up so mm -hmm. in other words we did our diligence we went and watched some of the videos that bill gothard teaches yeah. like his his basic principles obviously there's some scripture in it and there's some good things in it right the problem is is when you mix truth with opinion mm -hmm. and then most of what he did didn't have scriptural backing yeah. he had stories and then he put scripture to back yeah. up his stories yeah so i was gonna say so when we were talking about doing this podcast um, and even after the documentary, I was, I think it's, we have so many points here. There's so many things to talk about, patience. but I'm just going to say that I think the reality is in our fallen world is that people blindly follow things, whether it's Christianity, 
teachings, whether it's public school teachings, yes. whether it's watching a documentary and we believe everything that's said on the documentary. And so we watched the documentary and I'm like, I have to do some research. So I looked up the person who made the documentary. I looked up Bill Gothard. I tried to find his, I'm like, what was his childhood like? Why did he, why did he become so crazy, if you will? And I couldn't find much about him, but I went to their website and watched some of their basic seminar, which is 12, 14, 15. I don't even know videos of only him preaching. It's only him. And 90% of his teachings are stories to back up his theory, not really scripture. It's stories of people who have come to him and said that his principles in teaching life skills and life principles work. And to me, that like that's that dangerous concept that we're willing, people are just so willing to blindly follow things and not do their research. So when we when we were watching some of it last night, I just have to you have to show your face when you were watching it. So I sh I show Massey. I'm like, here, watch this, and it's talking about music and the influence okay. of music. Okay? This is good. And this is he's this watching is it, and I look over, and he's like, show Massey's face. <laughs> he was like, what, what in the? Because he was like, the beats have something to do with the melody and the frequencies, which all could be true scientifically okay mm -hmm. but i'm going to be honest i like some of the stuff to, to to preface what you're saying what my beliefs are now could be considered fundamentalist right. the, the you know the gay issues transgender issues uh, god created male and female you could look at me and say man that dude's a fundamentalist right you could say man this guy he he's too strict on the bible he's not tolerant he's all these things I was in a Christian metal band, though, man. And and I will tell you, me writing music in Christian rock was some of the closest times I got with God. Mm -hmm. That he gave me such creativity and, like, the way to speak and rap and, and sing these words. And I got my first tattoo being in a Christian rock band, right? Now, you th those fundamentalists will look at me and say, you're of the world. You're yeah. influenced by the world. This you're is what you're doing. And what's, what's crazy is extremes on either side is a cult. Right. Because some of the people they had in this documentary were not out for redemption. They were out to get blood. So there's a girl on there. Her name was, uh, I can't remember her name, but she has a YouTube channel called Fundy Friday. I'm not recommending that you go look it up. You can go see it yourself. She said her whole channel is dedicated to, 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 to expose fundamentalism. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's actually created to, to destroy God. Because if the extreme is fundamental, fundamentalism and you're like, hey, I want to stop fundamentalism, then what's the middle ground? Where's Jesus's teachings in all your videos? They're not. She's literally against scripture. She's against the word of God. She's against any teachings of Jesus. You can't see anything in there that she puts in there that's like, okay, there's a middle ground. She's actually explaining, okay, I don't want extreme fundamentalism. Mm -hmm. There should be Jesus. There's none of that. So she's not exposing fundamentalism. She was hurt by fundamentalism, but her whole goal right now is not about Jesus. Not to say she wasn't hurt. I think she was hurt by this. I completely understand that. And several people were in there. Now, there were people in this video who were genuinely hurt. And you could see by their testimonies, they were like, Ugh. you know, mm -hmm. like you, you wanted to give them a hug, like yeah, you said. Yeah. But back yeah. to this point, he was talking about that the drum beat creates this efficacy in your body that when you start to move, it becomes sensual. Therefore, music that is rock or, or any kind of, worldly it's all considered worldly and ungodly 
And therefore, our music should be praises to God, right? Right, but and I can't go past, past a certain, like... Yeah, it has to be the right melody, the right frequency, right. the right drum Rhythm, movement. Yeah. And I'm like... Because I was like this the whole time, like... So who determines what's the right amount? Like, who's the guy that says, there it is, that's the one? Right. That's what's dangerous about cults. Right. None of that was backed by scripture. None of it. King David said, play skillfully with a what noise? A loud noise. According to Homeboy, you can't be loud. Mm -hmm. King David shouted from the rooftops. He would play with a harp yeah. crying and singing, right? Didn't he like dance naked he danced in the streets? But I mean. naked. My man was naked. No loincloth, nothing. My I don't man recommend was... it, but. I'm just saying. It. I'm kidding. I, had to, I had to, don't picture that. That was bad. That was bad. We're talking about the Duggars, not me. I ain't in a cult now. But so, so I'm listening to these things and I'm saying his opinions were brought out and then he would use scripture to back his opinion. What was the one he used this morning about um, the oh, thorn in the side? Yeah. He basically said that he was teaching about. Uh, I, it's it's so, a lot. So, he was, so, no, he so was, when kids get. No, born with defense. I know, but he was teaching about basically uh, what hinders us, what hinders our walk. And he went into this thing that he said, the reason why God lets people be born with defects is to create humbleness in them and to create a uh, character in them. And then he talked about Paul, the verse about Paul having a thorn in his side, that it was the reason he had a thorn in his side was to hold it, uh, was to humble him and create character in Paul. And that's why he had a thorn in his side. And so it's just this concept that some of his interpretation of scripture is like, that is I, so false. Yeah. So heretical. It is heretical. And it's all based in fear it because is. he talked about how things like if you sin, you remove the covering of God's protection off your life. Or if you listen to uh, even Christian rock, you basically invite the devil in. And all these areas, you can invite the devil in. And it was all based in fear. And so I, so early on when I got saved, I was involved in a group um, before we got in the cult. And I remember a guy came in and he um, was preaching and he, he was confronting the group that we were in because we used a lot of fear-based preaching. Yeah. And he said, I have never seen a fear-based gospel presentation transform people. Come on. It is the radical love of Jesus that transforms people. And of course, we're all young and think we know everything. We're like, Pff. but the older I get, the more I see that fear-based gospel only causes you to try to transform yourself. That's right. And every teaching that I watched of this Bill Gothard, it was all about how you do it wrong. You have to change. You might invite the devil in. You watch this thing, these movies. You have these books in your house. You have to get rid of them. Not once was it the grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the loving, transforming power of God that will change you. None of that. It was all about how you do it. And yeah. that is, I mean, to the nth degree that is legalism if i can do everything if i can do it myself if i can take out every evil thing in my house and not listen to christian music and i can do all this stuff what do i need the blood of jesus that's for? that's exactly right that's what exactly do i right. need the holy ghost for no you nailed it i you nailed it the, the whole idea was his his i think 
his transformative thing was behavior modification. Right. Not realizing that the fruit comes from the spirit. Mm -hmm. It's the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of my works, not the right. fruit of it's my flesh. Jesus, and, it's his righteousness. Yeah. I, what we want to say too is, is like, there is a balance. Like the faith is, faith is the root of my salvation, right? Mm -hmm. Works are the, oh no, I'm sorry. Faith is the foundation of my salvation. Fruit is the, the, the works are the fruit of my salvation. Does that make sense? Faith is the rock of my foundation, but the works are the fruit of my right. salvation. So and, it's like, it's, it's, right. and there's even, a balance. And even the works, the quote unquote works are done by the power of the spirit, yes. not by our own, our own strength. And that's where there was just no, um, so what they said about these in this documentary, that his teachings set you up to be abused. And it, and it really did because it's a fear-based teaching that somebody else is always an authority telling you what God says. Right. So if it's, if you're kids, it's your parents. If you're married, it's the husband, e even in your, in your marriage, it's your church leader, which was Bill Gothard. So there's always somebody else above you Every that time. tells you how to obey God. And that is just it. I mean, I get, there is actual structure of authority in the Bible, but it's not to control you. And it's not so that you can't hear the voice of God yourself and that you can't discern the scriptures. It's to guide you and mentor you and lead you. But even those are checks and have checks and balances. I was thinking about what you were talking about with the structure that you know, the structure of a church being um, under Pastor Todd. But even Pastor Todd has a, uh, not a board, elders, a, elders, a, a group of elders. Balances. Yes. You guys have had, he's checked you, you've checked him. It's like there is always in the scripture checks and balances. There's not one authority outside of Jesus, God, and the Holy Ghost. And Paul never preached to Timothy or to others or the Corinthian church to try to control them. He pointed them back to the standard of God. There's adulteries among you, right away to the law of yeah. God, right? It wasn't to say like he was trying to control how they conducted worship, what they did in their personal lives. It was, bro, you are like sinning right now. That's biblical, right? But this dude was talking about everything they did was a sin right. and you have to be careful. So like, I'm not trying to create a controversy here, but John the Baptist had specific commands in his life. One of them was don't touch wine. But Jesus goes to a wedding mm -hmm. and there's wine there. Why? And a lot of the times too, when I saw what this LBIP, is that? Is, yeah, I, I, IBLP. IBLP, whatever they call that thing. They were, they, they're training their kids to be monks. Mm -hmm. Secluded. I can't be, I can't go out. I can't see, I can't this. It kind of was like the D.A.R.E. program. Hear, hear me out. They would put pictures of women. This this curriculum teaches, and they put pictures of women, and you have to point out where they're seductive. Right. Like, point out the areas that could be considered seductive. This was part of their homeschool curriculum. Their homeschool curriculums. <clears throat> That's just like the D.A.R.E. program going into school saying, here's cocaine, here's marijuana, here's all these drugs. Don't touch them. Right. That's right. stupid. You just basically put the cookie in front of them and said, right. don't eat it. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to go figure out how to get right. that cookie. You think these kids... When you're when you're secluding yourself, because our faith was never meant to be hidden, our faith shouldn't be under a bushel. Our light should shine before men. We're mm -hmm. city set on a hill. That's who we proclaim the gospel to be. We are in this world, but we're not of it. There's a difference between being in this world, not of it, and secluding your kids and not exposing them to what's going on out there. Right. How are they going to fight this culture war if they've never seen it? All of a sudden, they're 18 years old. They get married. They've never even touched their partner. And then, bam, one lady said she got raped three times the first night on her wedding on night. Her wedding night. Can you imagine? There was no training in righteousness, no training about love. 
And one of the things that the, the issues that happens in cults, and I wish we could say this in a, in a better way, but if you're preaching and teaching, if what you're under does not exude the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, godliness, goodness, self-control, 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 if it doesn't exude those things and they're not pushing you to the love of God, which is first Corinthians 13, if that teaching is there and all they're doing is pushing fear and you get a check in your heart, you're like, man, this just doesn't seem right. I'd follow that. Yeah. I'd follow that because what they're doing is pushing you to themselves and not Jesus. Jesus transforms you. The Holy Spirit yeah. regenerates you. God the Father controls all things. I want to be under his control. Mm -hmm. One of the things in this documentary I kind of want to pivot to, too, is they kept saying words like this. Christians, they, they lumped everything at the end, like to right. this Christian global world domination, that there was an agenda. They were raising kids to be in politics. They were right. doing all these things. And it's like, have you seen the transgender movement lately? I wish I could have pulled up that video of that trans dude who's trying to be a chick. Mm -hmm. He basically was saying, our end goal is that you will respect us. And like, has this dead face, we will make you respect us. That's called domination. Yeah. Every group has an agenda. BLM has an agenda. Antifa had an agenda. Democrats have an agenda. Republicans have an agenda. Jesus's agenda has always been known. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That the ends of the earth might hear the glory of God. That is the agenda of Jesus. Nobody's ever denying that. But to say they just want to put people in key positions. Oh, because you don't? Right. Because atheists never tried to do that? Look at the school systems now from 100 years ago. Of course there's agendas. There's always an agenda. So what they were doing was lumping Christians in with this whole IBLP thing. Like all Christians yeah. and teachings, it seemed like, were under yeah. this IBLP teaching. It felt like the first, teaching. I think there's, what, four four episodes? And the first three um, were focused on IBLP, and it felt like the last one was had a little focus on IBLP, but then just kind of lumped this whole uh, homeschooling-type ideology where you homeschool your kids and you, you know, with the end goal of having them in political positions and key positions of influence. And that's where it, it kind of felt like it was a broad brush of yeah. the homeschooling movement or just the Christian's heart behind doing things. It felt like a broad brush. It really was. And so you have to be careful when you're watching this, that they're going to try to tell you homeschooling is bad. There was one thing in there where it was like, you know, we had a plywood thing and you know, we had a plywood desk and, you know, I just yeah, thought it was weird. And so tonk mess is this, but there are said. plenty, there are plenty, plenty of homeschoolers right now, ours included that have nice little places to study, mm -hmm. nice computers. So it's like, they try lumping all this stuff into one lot. That's what we didn't jive was, with. Wasn't a fan. Yeah. Right. And the reason why is because they were taken away from the testimonies of those who had been hurt. Cause there was legit ones, man. Mm -hmm. Like there were, I, I want to go back to that too. Like seeing those stories. Oh, uh, it was, it was, uh, that was tough. Yeah. That was tough it's to watch. Heart I, it was because we, we, we had our own and, and, and to see them not healed some yeah. of them. I was thinking, uh, cause one of our friends commented, you know, we shared a graphic at, Hey, we're going to be talking about this on tomorrow's podcast. And one of our friends that we went through the cult with, said that she had watched it and her heart broke for thinking about all the kids that were raised in this. So at the height of our, I would say what, maybe 40 or 50 people walked through this cult that we were in. The core was like 18 or so that really were entrenched, but there was probably like 40, 50, maybe more that had some effect of being in the cult that we were in. 
And, um, but if you think about all these families that raise their kids under this, like I'm along with her, my heart breaks for the thousands of kids that were raised to think that this is, this is Christianity. This is Jesus. This is normal. I mean, you talk about, um, we talked about the concept of how they went through what courtship was and how the IBLP taught what courtship was. And we, that was one of the same things that we went through. We went through the same type of courtship, although you didn't have to fill out a contract, you know, to date me or to court me. Almost. Almost. But the guy that we, the guy that ran our cult basically uh, ran how you courted or dated. And we were not allowed to be alone before we got married. We held hands like a couple weeks before we got married. We hugged a week prior. That was the first time we, we really hugged. We didn't kiss until our wedding day. And it was this like badge of honor, I had a but moment. the reality is, is it messed us up. Well, it messed me up. Messed me up too. Because like <laughs> it was that fear-based yeah. teaching. And I didn't realize until years later after we had left the cult, it just like the Holy Spirit gave me revelation one day about it. Like if I can't keep myself pure in courtship or anything, Listen but to this. in courtship, let's talk about dating. If I can't keep myself pure, then what is the point of being a Christian? If I can't keep myself here without a chaperone with us, what is the point of being a Christian? What is the point of the Holy Ghost? What is the point of even reading the Bible and scriptures? If I can't, if the Holy Spirit through me can't help me be pure, like, and then you go from like not doing any of that kissing, holding hands to like your wedding night. It's like, it messes with your mind. It does. And it's not this, it's not this badge of purity. You know what I mean? It's not. It's a badge of control and messing with your mind. Now, had it been our decision to do that, it would be right, a that's testimony. that's a different thing. We used to talk about it. We, uh, you, we used to talk about it, like, in a good way. Like, we never kissed each other. We never touched each other until we said I do. And people would be like, oh, that's so amazing. And looking at it now, it's like, I wish I would have been my decision to do that. Right. Because it's like, you, you said it. And I think that's another thing, too with this whole teaching from Bill, it's like he was telling women, notice all of it was against women, not against men. Mm -hmm. It was about if you can't dress right, you're going to seduce men. Right. And not not, not right. correcting the men for their lusts. Right. And if you're being abused, maybe it's because you have sin in your life and God's removed his hand of covering on you. It's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, First like, John actually says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Like, they didn't even address those kind of scriptures. Like, if you have one sin, it's over. It's like, right. then what was the purpose of redemption? Right. The redemption well, was, I'm being regenerated daily. Right, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. That's why I was like, self-control, self-control. So one of the things they talked about is when they were out in public and they saw uh, women that were dressed like, you know. Immodest. Immodest, or they saw like, you know, picture. Show of that picture of Jim Bob and his wife. That's them. Great That's couple, the a great yeah. looking couple. Right. She seems very kind. Yeah. So that they're it's their family talking about this when they would be out in public and they would see somebody dressed immodestly or a picture, they would yell out Nike. All the girls would yell at Nike. And so then all the boys would have to stare at the ground and walk past it. And to me, like, how is how is that a fruit of self-control? Like I we've talked about this before when you know young teenagers are in youth group and like Girls cover up. Girls cover up. Like, okay, but and also boys learn some self control. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. always it was always on the girls, and it was always on it that whole concept. Of it, it was bullcrap. A whole 
culture of being able to abuse girls great mentally great, and great comment they acknowledge the control part not the self part <laughs> <laughs> right well there's a yes. lot of comments that we want to get to here uh in one second keep commenting because i want to read them these are really good i think you had a point too could you quickly share is it past time uh yeah it's very past <laughs> but go ahead just, just shoot just shoot um, it so before I say what I was going to say. Yes, my hoodie's on backwards, and yes, there is a lizard inside of it. <laughs> so, but no, before about like the worshiping thing, we're like, oh, it has to be a certain tune. Well, like I work at the kids' ministry in like that whole area, and some of the kids are in the back just coloring, and I can tell that they're still like whether you're like worshiping or not or whatever the music is. Like it could be this weird, quirky like Lego video, but these kids are still getting it and it doesn't have to be like the certain tune or whatever but like mm. i think it's kind of stupid that people are like oh well your audio doesn't sound right or anything literally you don't even need any music whatsoever you can just sit and worship god and worship right. like it doesn't need to be the thank whole you thing. great point and i think it's like sad because some people they like will leave the ministry like because this worship i'm not feeling anything during worship and the same with youth like sometimes our youth is like dead and it's not, we don't get any worship out of it. But there's these kids, if you want it, you will get it. You will receive if you ask. She must so have listened to your Wednesday night thing. Sit on the floor and sit and just be there. And if, and you'll receive if you're, if you want it. So, so, so yeah. yeah, with that, you, you, you talk about worship a lot mm -hmm. that, that if doesn't matter where it is, how it is, you worship yeah. in, in if, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, cause we, I, we did the side spoke on one I think it was Wednesday or the Wednesday before like we we were speaking at a um so he we he was a what were you a singer and a bass player for a Christian rock band I personally like worship music um we were in a a group that was a Christian rock band this was part of the cult but then would demean and say worship music like modern day worship music is so powerless and um just mock Christian music, right? Right. So we went to this tiny little church. We were doing a presentation. It was a tiny little Baptist church up in northern Minnesota, and they were singing old hymns. And I was like, <sighs> you know, and um, <laughs> I felt like the Holy Spirit say, if your heart is to worship, you can worship anywhere. And it, to any, like, I can worship mm -hmm. to old hymns. I can worship to Our modern, Metal, modern oh worship, modern worship, Christian rock, because my heart is to worship God. And, um, I think it, this going back to what you were talking about with worship, like his, his teachings were so vague that it left Super vague. interpretation up to him that he had to define what worship is. Yeah. So that's where it, it gets that cultish vibe because like, okay, so if this is bad, then tell me what's good. Tell me what's, a, what's acceptable. And so, but my, I had to learn early on that if your heart is to worship, you can worship anywhere. You can worship in the car. You can worship in the bathroom. You can worship at church. And it's a, it's not about how, how you're worshiping. It's who you're worshiping. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, Barnacle Blake on YouTube, where was the cult? Were you guys located and how long were you in it? We were in Minnesota. We were in for about 12 years. Yeah. You were in a little bit longer than me, mm -hmm. I think. Well, I was in a long longer cause he was my youth pastor's best friend. So I met him when I was a senior in high right, school. Right, and he right. started the ministry out of the church that I was involved in. Yeah, it's hard, guys. I'm sorry. Like we need a bigger TV for all the comments coming up. So I'm trying to flip between all the comments yeah. here. There was some there were some good ones over here. And I kind of want to read some of these before we continue because these are really, really good 
points, and one of them was where are they? Uh, yeah, Micah said control never produces good results for anyone. The only thing control does is breed rebellion. Yeah, leading with love of God is the only way to produce the spirit of obedience. Amen. That is so 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 true. Ryan Martin, he's right. Listen to this. God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, the ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. God created a perfect system of checks and balances. Mm -hmm. That was the purpose of the giftings. It was to, if the apostles go in a certain way, the prophet's saying, hey, there's danger over here. And all of a sudden, the teacher goes, well, wait a minute, we got to teach where you're going. If it's not biblical, we can't go there. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the system of checks and balances was to edify the entire body. Um, uh, let's see, K. I'm sorry, what a Kemper? Yeah, what a Kemper. And I know them. They're from uh they're they're they're, they're amazing family. Uh their daughter and stuff bought our shirts. They're great people. She said, Yes, it felt like they wanted to make Christians and homeschool families look bad, like we were all the same. Um, and and there's there was so much uh John Van Bruggen just said their roots on their take on the roots of homeschooling was interesting, which is funny. Actually, listen to this. They actually said evangelical Christians weren't for integration. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. In the documentary, they actually said this. There were there they didn't even say there were some it was evangelical christians at that time weren't for integration yeah they were trying to point out where the homeschooling movement started in america <laughs> but but let, do you so, remember do you remember go ahead no so i just want to finish your point sure sure that they said in the documentary that the homeschooling started when integrations of our schools started because evangelicals were against integrations of our schools so they said that that's when homeschooling started in america do y'all remember Martin Luther King Jr.? Martha Luther King Jr.? You got to watch that little video. Martin Luther King Jr. was not just a doctor. He was a reverend. He was evangelically leading churches. Read the letter from a Birmingham jail. An evangelical was the one who started this whole movement. Many evangelical white pastors were on his side. Right. Many people wanted this. And homeschooling did not start because of integration. Uh, Abigail Adams, John Adams' wife, our second president, homeschooled her children. Homeschooling has been gone since the beginning. It's actually biblical. The men taught the, the young men in the Old Testament the lineages of their fathers, the word of God, and all these things. Women were at home. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, you know, wives teach your young daughters and those kind of things. Homeschooling has been since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Since the beginning. The foundation of America, they were all homeschooling. There wasn't any schools unless there was a town that had that. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? If you don't know your history, they're just trying to put you into this evangelical started homeschooling because of integration. And that's why if you don't know your homework in history, you're thinking, oh, man, that sucks. Right. So should I be homeschooling my kids? That is such crap. And the fact that they wouldn't even go into. Well, let's talk about public schools then. Right. Why didn't these Christians want their kids in public school? Right. Because there's a bunch of corruption in public right. schools. So can we just talk about, too, one of the things that bothered me my negative thoughts on the uh, documentary was they make cults, the idea of cults regulated to Christianity. Like it's only Christians that get caught up in cults. And the reality is, is the concept of a cult is in Hollywood abuses in Hollywood. <laughs> There's cultish beliefs and operations in the public school system there's abuse in the public school system sexual abuse there's we even i even have two friends that just shared recently recently with me 
n- nothing about this documentary. I hadn't even watched watch the documentary to spit all, all over. Um, that their job environments operate like cults. Like if you leave, then they start mocking you. If you leave this one particular, she was sharing me if you with me. If you leave her their job, then they start. Uh, the whole group starts texting about how you left and what you're doing, and it's like and mocking you and telling you you'll never succeed. Like cults are not just regulated to Christianity; it's everywhere. And so when you're talking about the um, the homeschooling movement, that it's like if you homeschool, it's like you're a cult. It's like the public school system acts like a cult they do any other teaching except theirs like they teach evolution but they don't teach creation right they teach sex ed but they don't teach about purity and standards right right and they teach so, it as fact right like bill gother did yeah so like there's there, there's cults like where was the document about Epstein? right so i actually looked up this uh lady who made this documentary her name is blythe Bly faust i think Bly, i don't even know how you pronounce it Bly faust and i looked up all the documentaries she's made she made you know like there's multiple different um things subjects and it's not all on christian cults there was one about uh the catholic church abuse not one was made about like epstein's abuse or abuse in uh the sport the college sporting industry or Right. Abuse in um, uh, government or, you know, the RNC, the DNC, like none of that. Right. It was all about Christianity. And so then my question was, what was the end goal of creating this documentary? I'm glad it was made. But what was your end goal in making this documentary? Exactly. Because you had a bunch of hurting people on here. John Van Bruggen just said this. The show had skewed truth and where the end goal was to portray a message against a group of people that had little to do with the people on the show that the show was about. Right. So he was right. We our thing was where was the there was nothing at the end about if you've been hurt by this yes. group, here's here's a hotline Offering resources. Here's help. a resource. None of that. Yeah. It was literally to destroy Christianity to me. Right. To me. And you I'm being careful here. Because those stories of those people, dude, were heartbreaking. That was shattering, yeah. bro. Like we get it. We were in those kind of things. We understand that, mm-hmm. right? But we got healed, man. Like we went through healing. Mm-hmm. We had to. Yeah. There were several people in there who got divorced because of these cults, because of the fruit of these mm-hmm. cults or whatever. We know friends that we were the group we were in that have been separated, mm-hmm. divorced, whatever. So there's real damage that's done without the love of God. There's mm-hmm. real damage. Right. And 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 even the kind of the setting up of the couples, like all that stuff was very familiar. I gotta admit, I wasn't triggered at all. Excuse me, I almost burped there. I wasn't triggered at all. I didn't like think, oh my gosh, I remember this or that. I really, truly thank God I've been like healed from this. And like, I don't, I don't think about it, but what we wanted to do is, and we've talked about this many times, like on several podcasts about cults and things like that. Um, the end goal of this wasn't to redeem people and Christians are ministers of reconciliation, right? We're supposed it- to be ministers of reconciliation. So where was the outsource right. for these people? Right. And even, even if, Cause I mean, I don't believe that this person who made the documentary, I tried to find out information. It wasn't much information about her life and her beliefs, but I would venture to say just from the little couple things I read that she's not Christian. So she's not going to offer a quote unquote redemption message, but knowing full well that thousands of people have been damaged by this, you would think that there would be offer of resources on healing and restoration and therapy, something but it just left you with this, okay, this was a screwed up teaching. All these people are hurt. Great. <laughs> now what? And even that lady with the Fundy Friday yeah. YouTube page, 
all that did was lead people to her page where all she's doing is venting her hurts. Mm -hmm. Cause in reality, you said it last night, that cheesy saying hurt people, hurt, hurt people. people. Right. Right. And, and what, what you're seeing, and we'll, we'll get into this in a minute. Cause there's a couple of these uh, things I want to read. Um, if you guys don't remember cults exist everywhere. You remember 2020? If you spoke against COVID posted anything about COVID, you were a conspiracy theorist. You were crazy. You were lying. It was a cult. You couldn't, you couldn't go, you couldn't buy or sell. You couldn't, you know what I mean? People yeah, were saying, yeah. is this the mark of the beast? No, it wasn't. It was a trial run. It was a preview yeah. of what could happen, but you couldn't go to church. You like all these other things. You want to talk about a control and a cult and people will say it was for our good. How many people are dying right now? Cause of blood clots J Johnson and Johnson's vaccine was just pulled because they're saying the worry of blood clots. 19 million people took that vaccine. Who's going to be held accountable for that? Right. That cult mess. Right. When's the documentary going to come out for that in 50 years? Right. Because anything government does, we can't speak against it. Right. But all of a sudden it's Christians and we got to make a documentary about it. Why isn't Epstein made a doc? Why isn't the Clintons? Why is, why, how many yeah. documentaries that have backing about the Clintons? Right. Have have as much promotion and marketing. Exactly. Where's yeah. the Netflix special on that? Where's yeah. the prime video special on that? Right. RFK's podcast was taken down with Mike Tyson when he started talking about the FBI took out his dad. Why did they do that? It's control. This is all a cult. Yeah. Social media is a cult. Prime <laughs> video is a cult. Be careful who you're giving your obedience to. Yeah. I'm not telling you who to give your obedience to. I'm saying be careful who you submit to. That's all I'm saying. Stay in the word. If you stay in the word, you know what to watch out for. Mm -hmm. You can see this crap coming. And so, um, John Van Bruggen said, so they drummed up emotion against a documented abuse and then targeted it towards another group that had nothing to do with the abuse. And mm -hmm. uh, he said, That's, yes, amen. amen. He said they used real emotional stories in that documentary. As you stated, they actually stole the power of those testimonies yeah. to use it against another group, unrelated group. Um, I wish I could see more. It's, it's saying see more. Uh, dang it. Sorry. I, I can't see more than that comment. I can't read it from the, the screen so far away. I'm so sorry, dude. But there, so, so yes, there are real things. Uh, let's see. Uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, Jonathan. Uh, okay, cool. There are so many comments, guys. Thank you for this. Be careful who you submit to. I think <laughs> what I just read you would we have John, John Flick's friend here. He says, I was a Marine for 20 years. Let's talk about that cult. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, just kidding. No. So, so, so listen. While, while everyone had a legit real story, I just want to get back to this here. Every, you know, everyone had a legit real story. We questioned what was the end goal yeah. of this, right? Yeah. You know, they said world domination was the goal of this group and Christians mm -hmm. and homeschooling. What, but what group doesn't, let, let me circle back. What group doesn't want control? Right. What, where's the documentary about BLM and the money they stole? Right. Candace Owens did it, but there was no backing by Prime Video. Right, right. Where was that? You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you got to realize what you're watching and start saying, okay, what is truth? What is not? What's mm -hmm. biblical and what's not? Homeboy that had this whole ministry, like there were some biblical things in there, but that's why you got to be careful. As a matter of fact, uh, scripture says this. Ah, dang it. Sorry. Give me one second here. First Timothy 6, uh, 3. It actually says, um, 6, 3. Sorry. It, 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 uh, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. Godliness encompasses the fruit of the spirit, all dependence on the spirit and Christ and the, and the cross, all those things. He says he is proud. He knows nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words which come to envy and strife and reveling in evil suspicions. They're spiritually paranoid, not spiritually vigilant. 
that document, that, that whole ministry, it seemed like was they were spiritually paranoid, not spiritually vigilant. Mm -hmm. They weren't teaching their kids to be soldiers. They were teaching their kids to be spiritually uh, uh, afraid of mm -hmm. everything out there. Yeah. They weren't teaching them to be soldiers of Christ and that we're ambassadors for Jesus. We represent him on earth. You're, you're, you looked like a Christian with your dress and stuff, but you couldn't confront a, a, a sinner in truth because you had no relation to them. You didn't right. understand. Jesus goes to a well. Right. The woman at the well comes to him. He didn't go, oh my gosh, you've had five husbands. He said, no, I know the truth in you, but you know what? He, like he said to Peter, Satan desired to sift you like wheat, but I'm here to redeem you. I got the living water. Mm -hmm. Drink of me. There was no, like, he wasn't trying to hide himself from the crowd. Do you think Jesus didn't know? The prostitute was put in front of him. According to what they were teaching, the, Jesus's family should have been yelling, Nike. Don't look at her. She's a prostitute. She's naked. Nike. <laughs> Jesus, cover your eyes. Nike. No, you know what he did? No, I didn't come to condemn them. I came to redeem them. Yeah. What they were teaching was the world is condemned. It is condemned. You have to be a Jesus person. This is what you do. And instead of teaching them, no, go out and redeem souls. They're of the world. They're of their father, the devil. Go out and convert them from the power of darkness to the power of light, from the power of Satan to the power mm -hmm. of God. Show them what repentance is, mm -hmm. right? Show them godliness. There was none of that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what was most dangerous about this whole documentary, the whole thing. It was, it was, it was uh it was it was bad because it really did take away from the stories of these people. Now, I want to get into healing. Mm -hmm. I, I I think um there there were some people on there, like that couple that was close to Jim Bob. I don't have a picture of them. And you remember the 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 couple that the oldest oh, son? Yeah, yeah. The older. So yeah. she actually was in there and she said some really cool things about that, the real love of God. And like, yeah. you could see there was healing there and, and yeah. certain things. And, and you could see brokenness there. You could see like, dang, we screwed up, mm -hmm. you know, with, with, with this teaching and how they were deceived. You know, they, yeah. they were truly deceived guys. We were too. Um, I, I could tell you tons of stories of what happened to us. Uh, most of you wouldn't believe them, but it's okay. Luckily, I think for us, we didn't see any kind of like abuses in the, in the, in the, uh, um, I didn't see any like physical stuff. I heard about it, mm -hmm. you know, what, what, what we saw. I'd only heard, I wasn't there to see it. Right. Um, and it was confirmed to be true. So, okay, that happened. Uh, ours was more mental. Ours was they turned each other against each other. Yeah. Just a lot of that stuff. It was like control in every aspect of your life. Yes. And that's what. Yes. And 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 so there was definite um, um, issues. But I remember coming to, 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 to our church and we, I was... I was not ready to hear um, prophecy and like, and, and the gifts of the spirit. Like I operated in it. I could, I could see it to people, but we weren't just, we weren't just taught doctrinally. The dude we were under was considered a prophet. Mm -hmm. So he could like tell you the word of the Lord is coming to me and saying this to you. So we were hurt, not just by the doctrinal side of things, right. but it was God is speaking through to him telling me this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And the curses he put on our kids and mm -hmm. things we had to renounce and break and all yeah. that stuff. Like we came to church uh, six years ago now, maybe a little bit longer, broken. Mm -hmm. Like I was anyway. Yeah. I, I was really messed up. I didn't want nobody to talk to me about, uh, you know, call, uh, God's the gifts, interpretation. all that stuff. Yeah. I didn't want none of that. I didn't want nothing to do with it. I didn't. So then one time Pastor Todd preaches on and he gave me a shot, man. Pastor Todd gave me a shot. He really took a shot on me and he said, Hey, I really, uh, 
want you to consider being a part of our, uh, you know, staff and all this other stuff. It was really cool. So then he preaches on forgiveness. And, and how he started it was, do you still think about that name? You may think you've forgiven, but do you think about that person? And something in your heart goes, man, you know, it's still there. Yeah. And I, I will never forget that night. It was a Wednesday night service. Charlie Jameson, if he's watching, thank you, bro, because you were so faithful. He was so broken over my situation. I kind of explained mm -hmm. it to him a little bit. He wept the entire time and just wept over me. Mm -hmm. And it melted my heart like I could finally forgive this dude. Mm -hmm. Like I can finally let this go. Right. And the second thing that happened to me was, okay, I've, I've forgiven. I, I laid it at the cross. The dude who was running that ministry was what had a terrible family life, mm -hmm. hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. I should have, I should have left a long time ago, but I didn't listen. The other time was I went to Guatemala to a mission trip, the Applegates, JPLA, uh, what is it? Shadow of his wings. It's not, it's not called that anymore. It's called JPLA James project of Latin America. Look it up. These guys are incredible people. So I went down there on a mission trip and I remember I was there to preach the gospel to these young people who don't have families. And I was going over there as the good pastor, you know, and just doing my thing. I get done preaching, bro. Like we were ministering and doing some worship stuff with the kids. And three of them came up to me and started praying for me and my family and my kids that God would show his love to me, my family, and my kids. And I wept so hard. And I thought those people gave me everything. Those three little kids gave me everything from nothing. They taught me more about love than any ministry I'd ever been a part of. They taught me real love of Jesus, that when nobody loves you, you still love others. God. I mean, it just broke. I remember I called you that night. Mm -hmm. I rung up a big bill that night, but it was like, I was so broken. Like, that's real love that even if I'm not loved, I still show love, like no matter what. Now, that's not to discount my story. That's not to discount. I still tell my story. It's to warn others about the impending danger of bad doctrine, bad teaching. So healing needed to happen in my heart. I needed that. I didn't have it, you know, at that time. And thank God I'm on this side of it because like watching the documentary, like I said, I wasn't like troubled. I, did, I didn't feel any kind of like weirdness about it. Um, I didn't get triggered about it. Well, all it did was show me, man, this is how dangerous. It shows us how dangerous people follow and how closely they follow mm -hmm. things. And they follow anything if they're not researched. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I was just going to say that I feel like um, a little bit different. I feel like we're, both of us are still walking through healing. I believe that we've, you know, walked a lot and God has provided a lot of healing. I know that, I mean, we know people who left our cult who just, what acted like everything was fine. They didn't talk about it. They didn't, you know, share, they didn't seek healing therapy, nothing. And, um, and now you see that they're very troubled, if you will. And so luckily God brought us to a place where there was the concept of deep healing, like let's get healed. And one of the things that I experienced was it wasn't just this horrible cult thing that you went through that needed healing. It was stuff from your childhood. And the reality is, is what is it that happened in your childhood or the beliefs that you were taught about yourself, about God, that influenced you to think that this was okay? Do you get what I'm saying? Like there was hardcore beliefs about who God was in that what we learned as children that made us think that this was okay, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. My point is, is that I feel like we're both still going through healing 
and that there's still more that God wants to bring all of Amen. us through. Amen. I, I, I'll, and so, I'll take that. But what I was that. gonna say with forgiveness is I was, you know, while doing my little exercise walk yesterday and thinking about this show, the uh documentary, and I was thinking about specifically Bill Gothard and how this documentary and even what we watched, it's like you disgust me. Like that's what I left this document. Like this guy. I just, it, it makes was you want, dude. it was disgusting. And it just makes you want to like retaliate somehow. Right. But then if you dial back those emotions and you realize that we live in a fallen world and what I said before, and what he said, that whole cheesy saying is hurt people, hurt people. That doesn't excuse what anybody does to other people. Yeah. It doesn't excuse what the guy that we went through and what he did to us. Like he had a horrible tumultuous upbringing still doesn't excuse what he did. I don't know about Bill Gothard's childhood, but clearly something was off. It does not excuse it, but it lets you kind of take a step back and look at, we're all broken at some level. Yeah. Dude. So we all need forgiveness and healing from the Lord and from each other really. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I, I started to look at this, you know, all these people that walk through this thing, like, I really hope and pray, like Heather said, like my heart breaks for them, but ultimately I hope that they understand and can realize the freedom in forgiving and even look at Bill Gothard in that he is a extremely broken man. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And when you're, when you're healed, you can, you can help heal. see like hurt people, hurt people, but healed people, heal people. Right. Right. Like, right. And so if you've truly been forgiven much, you will love much, right? right? Like I've been forgiven from my stupidities, the mm -hmm. way I've hurt people in the past. And I only like one of the things this group taught me being in that group was how to love. How not to treat people. How not to treat people, yeah. but how to love. Like everybody yeah. deserves a shot at that. Jesus yeah. is love. I think about people when I'm pastoring and I'm like, man, there are times I'm like, Lord, I can't. <laughs> I get annoyed. I get this. But all of a sudden this love overtakes me. It's like, but they yeah. were once like you. Right. They were once like you. Mm -hmm. And we like could say, man, our, our kids are annoying sometimes. These things are annoying. Isn't it awesome? You can come to God with all your petty stuff too, and he doesn't find you annoying. Mm -hmm. He still finds you as a son or daughter. And if we could look at people like that, right, even these hurt people, like even the ones who are against God, the Fundy Friday, the other one, right. um, if I could look at them as a soul and that that's God's kid too, like he, yeah. he, he created that person, right, to make them his. He's God's creation. They need to be saved to be a kid and um there was there i just that healing is there for you too if you've ever experienced anything like this church hurt or whatever it's like i could have easily run from it and i did for a while mm -hmm. i did for a couple of years i was like screw it i didn't want to read the word i didn't want to do nothing uh and and and, and i fell into an addiction you know uh, sexual perversion type like pornography stuff and i remember it was my wife that helped me through it. And it was the Holy Spirit through her. She loved me through it. She didn't condemn me through it. And you said it just earlier. We all are hurting and going through something. We mm -hmm. all have some sin that God is like putting in our faces and saying, you know, uh, you know, go after this thing, you know, yeah. get rid of it. And so you never judged me. Thank God. You never really uh, did that to me. And it was one of the first times I ever experienced what real grace was, what real love was from a Christian. Mm -hmm. That was one of the first times. And I, I will say Les Woody too. Mm -hmm. He really helped me through. Right. I, I can't thank that dude enough. Here's a question. Barnacle Blake asked this on what red flags woke you up and got you out of that cult? Hmm. Um, <laughs> there were many. Yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to narrow it down in my mind because like, uh, you know, people 
multiple people in our group say it was it was good at the start and then it got real bad about five years into it and i'm like i say that no it was always it was always messed up that's what i think (laughs) um so i mean mine actually we had a two boys um at the time at the time and i was pregnant with our third and it was like god just used that whole season of pregnancy like just waking up like i want to be a stay-at-home mom like why does it why does the leader's wife get to stay at home with her kids and raise them and homeschool them? And I have to work 70, 80 hours a week while being pregnant with two small kids. And it was just like, like you, I say that story out loud sometimes. And people are like, yeah, of course. Why didn't you? And it's just something that we didn't like, we just didn't, I'll tell you a story like this. All the girls had home home births and we were, all of us were back to work two weeks after our babies were born full time. And like, we didn't eat, there was no such thing as maternity leave, nothing. We were back to work full time, two weeks out from our babies being born. So, um, that was what kind of woke me up. Like, this is beyond messed up. Like this is, this is messed up, but there was like signs before it, but you just, I think in a, in a cult, you somehow always have a way out. And what I mean by that is there will be red flags, but in your, you trick your mind into thinking, well, this is this is for the greater good. This is for the ministry. This is for reaching people. So we'll put up with that. And really that's, I think that's what hurt us. Yeah. The, the, the most, I saw red flags probably three, four years before I left. I was like, this just doesn't, there's no freedom in this. There's no love of God in this. Yeah. The more I'd read scripture, I'd be like, dude, this guy would constantly point out our sins, which we were yeah, like, I'm, I'm not even yeah. thinking about that, but he'd be like, that's, that's what's in you. And, and all that stuff. And I started to realize, like, there's no there's no freedom in Christ. Mm-hmm. And when I, I we, we went to that church with the hymns, I remember that guy, we, we were probably seven years into this mm-hmm. ministry. He preached a sermon only on the grace of God. All of us that were there, remember us four, mm-hmm. we were just glued to him. Everyone else was like, <sighs> and I remember listening to it. I'm like, is that really grace, though? Yeah. That God truly does love you, that he accepts you, that he can redeem you from sin? And I remember we were all like, dang, is that true? You know, is that really it? Because all we were taught was the law. Right. The law, the law, the law, law to Christ, Christ to the law, all that stuff. Yeah. And it was, we we had this false view. We had this false view of the grace of God. And once I started to see that, and then he started attacking people. If you know anything about narcissism, when people would leave, he would attack them. And I remember mm-hmm. one time I walked out of a service. I was like, dude, I don't. And he was like, hey, what, 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 why are you leaving? And I was like, if you keep talking about him, I don't want to come and hear that. I'm supposed to come here to church and preach the God. And then one time he came in and a couple had left and he said, dude, they're going out there and they're speaking against me, man. They're, they're, they're touching God's anointed. And I remember I said this to him. Oh, because they're not God's anointed. Mm-hmm. Those people that left, they're not God's anointed. They're not God's kids. And it created this rift between him and I. So for like a year and a half, we were just at odds all the time. And then one day I was like, dude, you're, 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 you're a psycho. And, and, and so the last altercation I had, I was in a boardroom with him. And he was yelling at me and I was yelling at him. It wasn't very Christian at all. I didn't, we didn't cuss or anything, but it was just our demeanors. And then I threw the Bible at him. And I was like, if I, if I said anything that's outside of God's word, correct me, but it's not, you know it. And that was when I said, dude, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay. And that right. was, that was really the end. Right. Uh, when, when you can't even correct somebody and all they do yeah. is correct you, you should see right away. There's no brother accountability right. there. He's I just the say, ruler. Like, that was before that year or, you know, nine months that I was pregnant. Um, I started out of nowhere, not nowhere, obviously the Lord started to have this boldness 
that you would confront when he was telling a flat out lie, uh, our friend Jake and I and others at towards the end would start confronting him. And you just, I mean, if you know anything about cults, you just don't confront the person in. No. You can't confront anything. And so that was really kind of the catalyst to like, this is not right. So I think that was it too. Yeah. Every time I'd confront something about like, hey, this doesn't make sense. Why are we doing this? He would go home and say, you're right, you're right. Let's let's pray about that. Let's think about that. He'd come back the next day and just lambaste us in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so it just was, those were the kind of red flags. Barnacle Blake, I don't know what FMLA is. Maybe you can explain that to me, but I'll, I'll hear that. Um, basically, again, thank you for listening to all this. Mm -hmm. I hope we, we we got some 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 ending out of it. Forgiveness, though, is the end goal. Yeah. I think we need to, we need Healing to, and forgiveness. yeah, and that in some small way, shape or form, they were against fundamentalism, but we're all fundamentalists. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like we looked up the word fundamentalist yesterday and it's like, dude, everybody's a fundamentalist. Basically, fundamentalist means the foundation of what you believe. The fundamentals of, of what, what you, you believe, believe, right? So whether you're a Christian fundamentalist, <laughs> you know, a liberal fundamentalist, like we're all fundamentalists. Yes, yes. We all so, have a hardcore belief. So if you're going to be against fundamentalism and then attack every bit of fundamentalism, the bottom line is I'm not a fundamentalist in the sense of what the world says it is. I'm a fundamentalist according to the doctrines of scripture, mm -hmm. salvation through Christ by grace, through faith, not of myself, that the works that are produced are through the Holy Spirit, that he gave us power to tread mm -hmm. over snakes and scorpions, that we're to proclaim the gospel, that the whole purpose of Acts 2, the Holy Spirit was to preach the gospel and that the works would follow. And that Christ is the center of it all, that yeah. Christ, and, and Paul even said it, I preach Christ crucified. That is the message. The fundamentals are, it is all of him, none of me. Mm -hmm. I choose to walk in the spirit of God because he put it in me. I don't want to be controlled by the world. I don't want the influences of the world. And I don't think like a tattoo, I want another one. I don't think that's the world. Like you can say what you want. Like there are mm -hmm. things I do. Again, the fundamentalist would say I'm loose mm -hmm. or you're loose in. Yeah. Look, you curled your hair and wore earrings. You girl are of the world. Right. And you put makeup on, which you don't need, by the way. Thanks. You're beautiful. Yeah. But like her wearing pants considered by the fundamentals, that's the world. See what I'm saying? So like you, you, you just, you got to be careful. But the whole end goal for us was to talk about this and talk about forgiveness and that for us to be released from, from a lot of this stuff really helped us see how to love other people who are broken. And what I love is Jesus was, was, was crucified and still said these words that ring true today. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And all of his people forsook him. Nobody followed him to the mm -hmm. cross. That's what we, I mean, I know we need to end here, but we were talking about this yesterday and the forgiveness and, you know, Bill Gothard. And I was reading in um, Acts a couple weeks ago and it just hit me. So oh. if you, Paul, right? Paul wrote, you know, the New Testament, most of the New Testament, obviously a f the main guy of the New Testament outside of Jesus, right? But he was Saul before he was Paul. And it really hit me. Would I have prayed for Saul? Would I have looked at Ooh. him and said, Jesus Ooh. can touch him. Jesus can forgive him and use him. And like, so I'm thinking about Ooh. like this Bill Gothard or the guy that we were with. Can God redeem them? Can God forgive them? Can God, God change them from a Saul to a Paul? And it really checked me because That's like, good. I think nowadays we get so frustrated at the left or so frustrated at those people, like crazy people like that preach these doctrines or preach uh, in, to our kids and indoctrinate our kids. But like, can we pray for them? Can we be an Ananias who God said, go, go up and meet Paul or Saul. And he's like, wait, isn't that the guy who kills Christians? And he obeyed. He went up 
and ministered to Saul at the time and became Paul. I want you to read that. Um, okay, so Rebecca Ray Smith. I, I just said, and I, Rebecca, if we don't mind, we'd like to pray with you because we we. I, I don't know what from a woman's perspective, you do. Yeah. So I. So she said I was married for 21 years to a narcissist pastor and had no idea the damage he did to the members of the church over the years until we split up. I'm still trying to process through all of the damage he inflicted to all the people that we that were in our church. It's heavy. So. What you your experience? You know, how do you respond to that? Because it's hard. Like that's a that's a tough. Oof, especially being married to it. Um, I can't even imagine his wife, mm -hmm. the guy, because I don't want to bring up his name. Um, she said, thank you. I need it. Walking through healing mm -hmm. uh, through, through prayer. So we're going to pray right now. Um, we all have been church hurt in some way, shape or form. We've gone through it. But I want us to remember, man, nobody was more in that realm than Jesus was. And, and, if Jesus taught us that we are Christians as ministers of reconciliation, yeah, then Lord, show me what that was and how do I love others so that they don't go through that too? Because right. there's always going to be, see, this is what's so crazy. The Bible always warned about false prophets, false mm -hmm. teachers. Yeah. It, it, it warned, Jesus warned about it a lot. Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Beware. That's why he was saying, stay, if, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples. Right. In his word, not a cult's word, right. not a pastor's word. In the word of God, study it for yourself. Right. I do think fundamentally we should bring our Bibles back to churches. Right. I was just going to, you know, we, in our homeschooling curriculum, we learned about William Tyndale and he was the one that translated the Bible because at the time there was no Bibles for the common person to read. Yeah. You had to rely on the priests of the day because it was all written in Latin and most of the common people didn't know how to read Latin. So you had to rely on the people. And he said, even the common boy girl should be able to read the scriptures for themselves to know Jesus. And so, and then he was ultimately killed for his faith. And I want to, I want to say his quote, like something I'll cause even the common, common shepherd or common sheep person to know, be able to know the scriptures. That's what his, his call. And he said, I would die doing that. And he was actually killed and martyred. And, um, to think about what it took for us to have the Bible in, in our language, in our world, in America, just in general, people like William Tyndale had to die for us to have the Bible. And, and we don't even, so many of us don't even read it. And it's just that whole concept of how we can get so caught up in what that person says is true about scripture. And it might be true, but you find out for yourself. That's so good, dude. Because I follow, I mean, there's some guys I follow on YouTube, great preachers, but I go back and study it. I save those videos and I go, yeah. what do they talk about? Where do they see it in scripture? And and you you have to know for yourself if this is true do doctrine and gospel. Yeah. That I'm, my, my, my understanding is I got to teach this to my children and I don't want to lead them astray. Right. And so she's right. Kay said, I agree. We take ours to church all the time, the Bible. So listen, there was another lady, Sandy Slater, married 12 years to the same. Mm -hmm. um, I, we, we just want to pray and I don't, yeah, I don't, great. would you, would you? pray yeah. over over this and, and um, thank you for listening and tuning into this uh if you haven't shared it shared it but hopefully it brings some healing to people um because we know what it's like to go through it dude mm -hmm. and to hear those stories were like man that they're still hurt mm -hmm. this was 20 some years ago and they're yeah. still broken and that's hard mm -hmm. and so 
thank you for sharing your story, you guys, if you ever watch this. And we pray that you find some healing, you know. Yeah. Okay, so Lord, I thank you for this time. And I thank you for these people listening, that you would bless them. And I thank you that you would open up your way and understanding that you show us the way of salvation. And I thank you that you speak directly to them in your still small voice, that you send ministers, Lord, and laborers in their path to minister your love to them. And I thank you in Jesus' name for your covering, that you cover us in your anointing, in your love. And I thank you for these particular people that you're walking through healing, that you open it up, you give them eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand, that you bring healing, that you're anointing the balm of Gilead, that you would heal their hearts and heal their minds, Lord, and that they're transformed and that all old things have passed away and that you make all things new in Jesus' name. And you heal their kids and you heal their uh, legacy, Lord, in Jesus' name, that it wasn't wasted time, that you use it for your glory, that you use it for your purposes, Lord, and that you make all things good. Yep. And I thank you in Jesus' name for this podcast, Lord, and what you put on our hearts to say, Lord, and it was a delicate topic, Lord, and if we said anything wrong, that you would correct it, Lord, and that you would show us and show these people who are listening. Yeah. And I, and I want to specifically pray for Rebecca Smith and mm-hmm. that's Chilean sister. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Um, but God, I, I know, I, I know what that's like. I, I know what that's like when you're like, dang, you know, I was under this. You don't realize the effects and the shame that it brings. My buddy Jake went through it and you know, the shame that, all those decisions that were made affected all these people. Father, I just pray right now you break every bit of shame and mm-hmm. guilt over Rebecca right now in Jesus' name. Devil, you can't have a hold of her mind or her heart. She is God's kid. She is God's kid. And Lord, we rebuke the enemy right now and yeah. the voices that have maybe silenced her, maybe told her she can't get involved, maybe she can't. No, Lord, that she would use this to say, no, I'm going to love people. I'm going sh- to show them a way that that even when Christ was rejected, he came back in power, and then he mm-hmm. showed the disciples how to go preach the gospel. And Lord, even for um, Sandy Slater and all these folks, Lord, I just so grateful for them. I, I bless them right now. Yeah. Uh, that Lord, that they would find that that forgiveness and that peace and that uh, that healing they need, Father. However, you need to do that because it's not a one size fits all. There's no cookie cutter way. But Lord, whatever she needs healing from, I just thank you for the healing there. And Lord, again, that you bless this word and that it goes forth in power and that people find healing in it. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Guys, remember, go online, theselfevidenttruth.com. Lead us out, babe. Never mind. Bye. Subscribe. <laughs> Subscribe, all the things. We love you. We will see you on Monday. Yes. Adiosis. <laughs>